G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, a story to tell over the coming few minutes with Peter Pearson, who's just completed a Round Australia Grey Nomad adventure. And it's one of those adventures that happens in retirement years. But Peter has written a book. It's the story of his life, the ups and the downs, the challenges, the spiritual discovery of knowing who God is and being able to serve him with his whole heart. Peter Pearson's with us in the studio. Hi, Peter. Welcome along to 2020. Yeah, thank you. So the Grey Nomad journey, uh, has it been a good one? It's been amazing, Neil. Uh, 68,000 kilometres, two broken springs and a couple of blowouts. But apart from that, an amazing adventure right around Australia, Tasmania, every capital city apart from Darwin. And um, it's just been an amazing adventure. While you were travelling around Australia as a grey nomad, you were taking opportunities wherever they were available to tell your story and to talk about your book called A Blood and Guts Good News Story. Uh, People receptive to your story wherever you went? Well, many were. Uh, Fellow caravanners, you'd start talking about it, and I had a sign on the side of the car which started conversations. I hope this is not too religious, is it? were the comments and I'd say oh no it's just a story of an old shearer that got converted and found the Lord and served for 37 years in the Salvation Army and they'd come back to you next day and said I don't read but I'm halfway through it already (laughs) love it well it's a very disarming thing isn't it when you're into outback Australia and your story is that of a shearer And your story is also that of a Salvation Army officer. Those are very disarming in themselves. So I imagine that people were very interested to hear the the intricacies of your life story. People are looking for uh, answers, not advice. And I tried to share my journey and to be absolutely real. That's why I've called it a blood and guts good news story, because it's, it's down to earth. It's about the temptations I went through. It's about... Um, the struggles I went through and the victories I had and and the joy of seeing people find new life, um, people in addiction getting out of it and finding the Lord and just changing their lives. And so it's about changed lives, transformed lives and the journey that I went on uh, over the last, took me 65 years to write the book. (laughs) Well, of course, all those formative experiences in our own lives, uh, they do add to the character that we have. And when God gets a hold of us, even though we've gone through some pretty tough times in our earlier years, he's able to use those things in a magnificent way to minister into the lives of others. Let's go back to some of those early years because some of your upbringing was pretty traumatic. I grew up on a farm. Uh, somebody told me the latest form of child abuse is to leave your farm to your kids. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, uh, in those early years growing up on the farm, Dad tried to sell it, couldn't, sold all the stock and walked off. And at eight or nine, he took me down the creek and we shot the sheepdogs. And 
he was so upset he wounded mine and it howled on the ground and he shot it again and it took me 40 years before I dealt with the trauma of that but it helped me amazingly to relate to people on the land who were going through it tough um, to have to go out and shoot stock because you haven't got feed for them or they're bogged in the dam it, it's tough and um, I found a faith that helped me get through those sort of things and then helped me become a an officer in the Salvation Army serving those less fortunate than ourselves. And uh, and you moved into a career as a shearer. Tell me about your shearing days. Well, I came home at 16 and woke Dad and said, I've shot 100 sheep. And he said, what do you want me to do, congratulate you? <laughs> so, so what does a young fellow do? I went out till I was doing 200 a day. And there's a bit of a story in the book about shearing in New Zealand I tell them I was working with a girl doing 300, a Maori girl doing 300 a day. And when I realised she was knocking off every hour to feed the baby, I gave up and came home in disgust. <laughs> but no, I loved the shearing. It was a great experience and uh, it was honest work. Get paid for what you did. And uh, I even had a brain snap last August and went back in the sheds as a rouseabout for five weeks. <laughs> And fitted into it just like a hand into a glove. You'd never oh, forgotten all of the skills that you'd learned as a young man. Not the skills or the language and <laughs> the jokes. Yeah, and it was interesting. My transformed life obviously was moderated, and the guys respected that. And I was able to share how I'd come to faith and the difference it made because they saw a guy that was real, and um, not some religious nut. <laughs> but somebody who was real and whose faith was affecting their daily life, and they listened. It was good. Reflect for me for a moment about faith conversations uh, on the shearing shed floor. Do those happen with any frequency? Are shearers typically spiritual people, or do they uh, they they ignore uh, the, the spiritual side of life? Uh, what are your thoughts on shearers? I think I'll have to take you out to the shed, Neil, and show you. <laughs> The last conversation in the world that would be discussed on a shearing board. But um, they're still spiritual beings, whether they're religious or not. And uh, this book has helped me reach them because it's, it's talking in their language. In their, it's talking from their point of view, but with a religious aspect. Everybody is spiritual. Not everybody's religious. And I think a lot of people are disillusioned with religion. There's so many negatives that are conjured up when we talk religion, but talk spirituality, and everybody has a need for a greater power than themselves. I imagine, and you know, I can only speculate because I've never been a shearer, but uh, for typical shearers, you might imagine that Friday night after a few drinks, uh, you'd loosen up a little bit and talk about some of your feelings, uh, whereas uh, the tough outer image of the shearer probably is there right through the week working hard. Yes, um, alcohol would loosen their tongues a little bit and some would sit there crying about their inner problems uh, into their beer, but um, most of them were fairly um, reserved when it came to talking about religious things. So were you a shearer when you first began to think about spiritual things, uh, issues of meaning? Uh, there is a God. He has a purpose for me. Were you a shearer at the time? No, I was lonely. I was in New Zealand shearing, away from home at Christmas time, and decided I'd go to church and couldn't find the church I'd grown up in and 
just wandered into the Salvation Army. And uh, after the service, I enjoyed it. it. People clapping their hands and smiling and all genuine. And I walked down the street and a young boy came running after me and said, oh, mum said, do you want to come home for a meal? Six baked meals, six Sundays in a row. And it, I found it. There's, there's a whole chapter in there about how I found it and what it, how it changed my life. But I found a spiritual experience with the Lord that changed my life through that. Just wandering into the Salvation Army off the road and uh, transformed me. We're talking with Peter Pearson. His book is called A Blood and Guts Good News Story. And yes, it is available in Vision Store. Just go to vision.org.au. You'll be able to click on a, a link there to Vision Store and get a hold of Peter Pearson's book, A Blood and Guts Good News Story. So much more to talk about. We'll continue our conversation in just a short while. We're taking a little time to hear the story of someone who's just completed a grey nomad journey around Australia, but talking about his book, A Blood and Guts Good News Story, Peter Pearson, who started his career as a shearer and had a wonderful experience with the Salvation Army and moved into a ministry role with the Salvation Army. Peter, as we talk about your life and the progression of where you come from, those those roots that we have, the formation things in our lives, eventually you have this connection with God, this encounter with Jesus. You join the Salvation Army, and then you recognize that there is a real need for someone with a story like yours to be ministering to people who sometimes really down and out at the end of their tether. Uh, tell me about what that calling was like, uh, what you were doing at the time to be able to minister to people whose story was looking very hopeless. After I had that encounter with a spiritual being, as I put it, with God, I joined this ambulance in Sydney. And in six months, we got calls to um, six attempted suicides, and four of them were fatal in one street. So six suicides in one street in four or five months. And it was an, like a bolt of lightning out of the blue to, to realize that these guys were taking their life because they didn't have a direction. And I did have a direction. I'd found forgiveness, I'd found a direction in life, goalposts had been set down and I knew I had to get out there and start sharing how I found that faith with more people and the Salvation Army was the avenue for that. God led me into that. I say God led me. It just seemed natural that that's the way I should go and did 37 years in all sorts of ministries within the Salvation Army. Well, ambos are exposed to some of the most dreadful things that happen, and uh, you're sharing your story of how you were exposed to those things too. But you could have just said, here am I to clean up a mess, but you decided that there was a message of hope that you needed to bring to people who were in the same direction, on the same journey as those who'd suicided. Uh, what is, how does this compassion well up in the heart? Well, with those four suicides, we were taking bodies to mor the morgue when I wanted to do far more than that. I wanted to get out and share a message so that they didn't get to the end of the rope, so that they didn't get to the end of their resources and take their own life. And so I got involved in the Salvation Army, obviously, and was able to share my journey. And it hasn't all been easy for me either. Uh, but share my struggles and my journey, uh, faith journey, that enabled me to live 
I hope and believe, a fairly productive life helping others because the happiest people in the world are those who are working for other people. And 37 years in the Salvation Army. I mean, for a lot of people, that's a lengthy career. And in those years, seriously serving people who really do need uh, oftentimes that helping hand we think of. When we think of the Salvation Army, that, it's that helping hand. It's that uh, arm around the shoulder when things have gone dreadfully bad, when things seem hopeless and meaningless. There's a Salvation Army officer ready to... To lend it's, a hand. It's putting their arm around them. I'm not a very flamboyant person on the platform, but one day I jumped up on the le- on the seat and started yelling out that the Salvation Army's job is to lift people up. And when I got everybody saying, yes, yes, it's the Salvation Army's job is to lift people up, I jumped off the seat and said, no, it's not. It's to get beside people and help them walk up. It, it's what gives us the idea that we can reach down and lift somebody up. Are we better than them? We're not. It's incarnational ministry of getting down beside people and walking with them. And that's what the 37 years was, walking beside people, uh, giving them hope. And uh, then they were the ones that had the answers. They were able to find the Lord and were able to move on and overcome all sorts of issues they had in life. I imagine that as a Salvation Army officer, you served both in the city and in the bush How did your service work out? It was brilliant. We had mainly country appointments. Six years, uh, Western New South Wales um, helped establish rural ministries in Western New South Wales, helped hand out $16 million to farmers uh, under exceptional circumstances, and then mainly core work or church work. Um, 15 years in different core church from... Bathurst in the south to Bundaberg in the north and Ballina on the coast to Broken Hill. Uh, so all over the country, but seven years in public relations and another three or four in homeless and rehab centres. And so I had a marvellous cross-section of experiences and just absolutely loved it. Reflect for me for a few moments on the shearer who becomes the shepherd because I'm sure this is a theme that must have come up so often, having all those uh, formative years working as a shearer. And then all of a sudden you find yourself in a Christian ministry role, an officer in the Salvation Army, and really you're being a shepherd to the flock. What sort of differences, what sort of similarities do you note in uh, in being a leader in church life? Working with stock, you had to be calm and confident, but firm. It's no different in the ambulance work. The people in crisis, illness, injuries needed somebody who was cool-headed and firm. Um, Ministry is very much the same. You just need to get alongside people and people need a shepherd. And I saw myself as a shepherd. That was my role in the Salvation Army, just shepherding the flock. Sheep, Sheep get lost sometimes and they need somebody to go and look for them and gently bring them back to the fold. They don't mean to get lost. They just nibble their way lost. And that was my role to bring them back. And that was basically my passion in officership was shepherding the flock and uh, giving them a bit of guidance and a shoulder to cry on and being there when they needed us. And inspiration, Peter, for actually putting your story on paper, for publishing a book, A Blood and Guts Good News Story. You obviously want your story to live on. I do. It was to save my marriage, actually. (laughs) 
it, um, my wife said, look, for goodness sake, go and sit down and tell your story in a book. I, she said, I'm sick of them. <laughs> so that's how it started. But I wanted to share the gospel in a language that the dinky die Aussie had open up to and, and be appreciative of, of. And it's proved to be people, non-Christian, non-religious people are lapping up the book because it's real. It's about life and, and a lot of humour in it and uh, people are loving it. Well, I want to point our listeners to the Vision Store where you can get a hold of Peter's book. It's called A Blood and Guts Good News Story. It is available at Vision Store. Simply go to vision.org.au. There'll be a link there where you can go to Vision Store and you'll be able to find Peter Pearson's book. It's called A Blood and Guts Good News Story. Peter, thanks so much for taking some time to join us today and to tell your story in a brief way. I hope it's whet the appetites of listeners to get a hold of this uh, as a real story for real people. They might like to give it as a gift or read it themselves. And Peter, thanks so much for joining us on 2020. Thanks, Neil. Been great. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.